It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. We were discouraged with all the negativity in the world and decided to focus on finding some good out there. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast with me, Teresa. And me, Amy. We're two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. So I was so excited to get that email from a couple months ago. We bought those sweatshirts. Yeah. From that guy that was just on the news, Povia Admati, and he just was encouraging people to buy sweatshirts and all the proceeds would go to Ukraine. They sent us an email saying that they were able to write a check to Project Hope for $1,636. That's so, so awesome. Just super cool, so cool that somebody is doing that. Yeah. I, I saw something on the news and I want I was gonna say we should go check out a brewmaster somewhere in the United States had been over in Ukraine for some te- for some like training prior to the war, and he's trying to give back by u- utilizing this recipe. And it's across the oh. United States, so there's brew pubs here, probably in Portland, Oregon, that we could go cool. check out. And then the proceeds go back to, to support Ukraine. the people. Yeah, awesome. So. I was reading about a guy that's still staying put in Ukraine, and he's gathering honey from his bees and then using it to help feed people over there so some great people out there just using small things right making huge huge impact spending the weekend under the weather uh, i was able to get through several books good for you binge watched a show on disney called something bit me oh it's a miracle I didn't have any nightmares from that yeah, show. that sounds like I would. <laughs> but now I know what to do if I run into a grizzly bear, a black bear, a pack of coyotes, a mountain lion, oh a rattlesnake, crocodile, Africanized bees, a shark, box jellyfish. You get the idea. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it made me super grateful to be in the Pacific Northwest where we don't have, you know. We don't have anything really. No. Besides super dangerous. Yeah. We have nonstop liquid sunshine, but we don't get a lot of dangerous wildlife out here. And it must have been a weekend of facing fears because I also read a book called More Than My Scars by Kechi Okuchi. I don't watch any of the shows when someone is going to be voted off. Oh, I'll yeah. watch clips of things when I've heard something, you know, right. that I need to watch. But I just can't handle the heartache with the disappointments. Oh, yeah. And Ketchy was one of the ones that I did watch some clips of. So I somewhat knew her story, but the book really allowed you to get to know this amazing young lady. In 2005, she was headed home for a holiday break. She lived in Africa. They were about 15 minutes from landing, and the plane crashed. She woke up in the hospital. She was in a coma. She was oh, burned like yeah. the majority of her body. Oh. Ketchy wasn't told right away, but she would eventually find out that many of her close friends had perished in that plane crash. Of the 100 passengers, 60 of them had been kids. And there oh, were only gosh. two survivors, Ketchy and another woman. The strength that her mother displays reminds me a lot of my mom. Her faith is unyielding. While Ketchy can't understand why such horrific things happen to good people, her mom continually reminds her to pray and rely on God. I just got a kick out of Ketchy asking her mom if she loved Ketchy or God more. And Ketchy was certain that she'd pick her, of course, and she was taken aback when her mother said she loved God more. The book follows her, her own journey and finding her voice and her own faith. She's shocked when she sings one day and actually questions if her voice improved after that horrific crash. 
She said it was a little higher. Yeah. And the book goes over the heartache and the physical pain she endures, but it also let me see a different side to Simon Cowell. On her first performance, she must have been ahead of the music and yeah. just was, you know, nervous and it was a horrifying whole scene. Simon stopped her. I can't even imagine how yeah. scared she must have been. Yeah, right. And asked if she was nervous. Obviously, right. she would be nervous. So he asked someone to get her some water and let her start over again. Aww. This time, wowing the audience. I love the story of a second chance, yeah, which is totally what she so had. So cool. You'll love that her religious awakening came when she heard Kelly Clarkson's Breakaway album. Aww. So, because you covered Kelly Clarkson back in episode nine. Right. She said that Clarkson's lyrics spoke to her and gave her assurance that wherever she was, she would always be found. Aww. America Got Talent opened up doors for her in ways she could never imagine, and not because of her story, but because of her gift. She now writes music as a performing artist, a recording artist, a speaker, a bowling prevention advocate, That's a UN awesome. ambassador, and a published author. I don't think the 16-year-old in that plane crash would have ever thought any of that was going to be possible, but this book is all about miracles. Her choice to persevere, reading her mother's love, and her quest to prove that she's more than her scars. Yeah. And that we're, you know, not defined by the outside, but right. more... By the inside. It just all was super inspiring. Heartache, but, oh, but like a with good, a good ending. Good story. My mother-in-law, Cece, was visiting from a hee Mexico, a couple weeks that ago. sounds like a pretend name. It is sounds oh, pretend. Yeah. And, and you look at the spelling of that, you don't get that hee yeah. from A, J, I, J, I, C. But, and I might have misspelled. No, that's right. But, yeah. That is where she's Ahihi. from. Ahihi. Yeah. It's kind of, it's not far from Guadalajara. Oh, okay. Um, but it was really so nice having her visit us. We ha- probably haven't seen her for three years because of COVID. But it was fun. We hung out. We did some shopping. She's a big shopper. And we played a lot of Rumi Cube. This was the first time I played. Have you played? I don't think I have. Oh, okay. Well, it's really, it's a really fun. It's kind of a numbers game. Mm-hmm. But I was a newbie, but I loved it. But one night we were out to dinner and we were, she was asking because, you know, she likes our podcast. And she was telling me about this incredible musical artist, John Baptiste. Um, she talked about his incredible voice and his awesome dance moves. She loves people that dance. And, but anyways, it's pretty cute. She suggested maybe I should do him for our, for our podcast. I love that. And later back at, or at home or later in the kitchen, she pulls out a video of him <laughs> performing at the Grammy Awards in April, the song Freedom. Which is an amazing song. And I, I just have to just say say a few of these lyrics that just jumped out at me. It just really spoke to me. The reason we get down is to get back up. If someone's around, go on, let them look. You can't stand still. This ain't no drill. More than cheap thrills. When I move my body just like this, I don't know why, but I feel like freedom. I hear a song that takes me back, and I let go with his dance moves are truly impressive he lit up the stage donning this light blue metallic dolce cabana 15 foot oh my gosh cape oh you gotta check it out you know i've never even i'm embarrassed to say i've never even heard of this guy so well so I comment. CC suggested. Yeah, it. I am too because it's funny because it's like we were putting the puzzle pieces together. Because then I commented to her that 
I think that's the same musician I heard on the Today Show <laughs> recently, where he talked about singing lullabies to his wife, Solika Jaoud. When they couldn't share a hospital room during her chemotherapy, John created sweet lullabies to help her feel less alone. And oh my gosh, mm. so sweet. They were, so was that because of COVID? He couldn't. Well, maybe because they didn't really they didn't go into detail why, okay. but sometimes they couldn't share yeah. room, the room probably together. Probably germs. Probably germs, or yeah. if she ha- maybe depending on how whatever her test, yeah. you know, was like her counts, uh, counts yeah. and all that. They received the bad news that uh, Salika was diagnosed with leukemia for the second time, just eight days prior to the Grammy Awards. Mm. Her first diagnosis with the disease was ten years prior. Salika wrote about her medical experiences in her Emmy Award-winning column, Life Interrupted, for the New York Times. And then she just recently came out with a best-selling memoir, Between Two Kingdoms, where she talks about that journey, her previous cancer journey. She wrote about her leukemia diagnosis, just shy of her 23rd birthday. And after rounds of chemo, a clinical trial, bone marrow mm-hmm. transplant, she was told by doctors she was cured. So she embarked on this 15000 mile road trip with Oscar, her little schnauzer poodle mix, in her yellow VW oh van across so the country to meet the strangers that um, that had written to her during her time in the hospital. She was How doing this cool. blog for the for you know um, the New York Times. Mm-hmm. And so she went out to meet these people. So she documented her experiences on the road trip and dived into this, and I love this deeper realization how we survive the constant transitions that are essential to the human experience. I bought, I had to buy her memoir, and I seriously can't wait to read it, and I totally want to read it and talk about her on a future episode. For sure. But back to John, he comes from a legacy, or some might say a dynasty, of New Orleans musicians, including Uncle Lionel Baptiste, who played in the Trem Brass Band, and Milton Baptiste, the Olympia Brass Band. His father, Michael is a bassist who performed with uh, Jackie Wilson and Isaac Hayes on the Chitlin Circuit <laughs> in the 1960s and 70s. His father also co-founded the Batiste Brothers Band. It's a seven brothers band who played R&B, soul, funk. They've been compared to the Jackson Five. Yeah. So John is born in 1986. He credits his father as his first mentor. That's sweet. Yeah. At age eight, he played percussion and drums for his family's band. And then at 11, he switched to piano at his mother's suggestion. <laughs> sweet. Pretty sweet. And his love of music was innate. I guess he even transcribed songs from video games like Street Fighter, Alpha, uh, Final Fantasy VII, and Sonic the Hedgehog. Which is amazing that you just hear that, that little do-do-do and yeah. then you can make music. It's pretty incredible. Uh, his mother exposed him to things that were outside of music like coding when he was 15 she signed him up for gymnastics and ballet lessons during middle school. John was embarrassed and later realized <laughs> how he appreciated those lessons. They really helped shape his dancing. And yes, he does have the moves. And I'm sure I've already mentioned that. But anyways, at 17, he released his debut album, Times in New Orleans. After high school, he attended the Juilliard School, where he received a Bachelor of Music and then went on to receive a Master of Music. Besides the legacy of musicians, uh, John is also influenced by other musical artists like Mahala Jackson, 
She's a gospel singer. Mm. James Brown, Louis Armstrong, Bruce Springsteen, Stevie Wonder, John Coltrane. He had a huge list. Just I think Bruce Springsteen name. is touring again. He, Yeah. I'm kind of curious. Have you seen that book with him and Obama? Obama. Yeah, I, I haven't I, read it. I, I know but. I haven't either. I'm really curious. I used to be a... I mean, I am. I was... went saw him when I was in high school. Oh. I had the... Um, baby, the, we can born to run on craft paper <laughs> with my friend in high school. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. Maybe you need to read that book and we need to learn about Bruce Springsteen yeah. one of these days. There we, do, there we go. So beyond his musical influence, he talks about being born into a family active in the struggle against racial segregation in the U.S. His grandfather was the first black president of a hotel workers union in Louisiana. He also attended Martin Luther King and the Memphis sanitation strike. The Memphis sanitation strike happened on April 1st, 1968. It was in response to two Memphis uh, garbage collectors, E. Cole Cole and Robert Walker, who were crushed by malfunctioning truck. Mm -hmm. This incident was a long pattern of neglect and abuse of its black employees. This was just a few days prior to Martin Luther King's assassination. It's also where he gave his famous speech, I've been to the mountaintop. All this being said, all these influences are really beautifully woven into John's artistry, his lyrics, his even his dance moves. He's also, John is probably best known as the band leader for The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Uh, he created the Stay Human Band for, uh, for the show, which premiered September 8th, 2015. They were... And they're still performing today. So. I love Stephen Colbert. Yeah. Um, and John met fellow musicians John Saylor and Phil Kuhn while attending Juilliard. And they added a few more musicians, and then they became known as Stay Human. They released an album, Social Music, before hitting it big on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. And this is so cool. He announced that they were going to be his band on YouTube. <laughs> you know, which is kind of fun that he said he announced that Stay Human and his band leader will now be my house band which I think is a fun way to announce something. Modern uh, times. Modern times. But I so admire the heart behind this man and the band. On April twenty second, 2017, Stay Human played for the March for Science Rally at Washington Monument in D.C. Oh. And you're going to love this because the March for Science, formerly known as the Scientists' March on Washington, is an international series of rallies held on Earth Day to celebrate science whose main goal is to emphasize that science upholds the common good and to call for evidence-based policy in, and public's best interest. So, I mean, I just, yeah, awesome for that. Get get that. that. Yeah. And then during the pandemic, John and the Stay Human recorded the Stay Homan musical <laughs> segments, which I just love the play on words. Beyond his contributions with the Stay Human band, he's been developing his own version of what he calls Jazz 2.0, which is based on his New Orleans roots of social music. And social music is described as music for people to listen to, dance to, even cry or laugh. It's music to be shared and have both common and different origins. So it's a collective. But during the pandemic lockdown uh, and the protests of 2020, Stay Human performed spontaneously in the streets, which John calls a love riot. Oh my gosh, I love that. It's so cool. One night after the band performed a gig at Rockwood Music Hall in New York, they proceeded to perform their funky style of jazz through the Lower East Side for several blocks. John said... There's love that's spread between everybody through music, and it's sort of like a riot because we stopped the street. I guess this is something they do on a regular basis, which I think is really cool. 
He even led a peaceful musical Black Lives Matter march through the streets of New York City where thousands of people followed him like a pipe piper. Oh, that's cute. As part of his desire to spread awareness uh, and appreciation for jazz, he took a role um, as associate artist director for the National Jazz Museum in Harlem. Uh, as a solo artist, John's music is reflective of the times, which is evidence in his lyrics. During COVID, he wrote, I need you, which he talks about a new normal. And the line, I need you, need you, is a form of getting us on the same page and leading by example, which I just love. We need more of. We do. And here's just a few uh, lyrics from the song. We are working overtime, because that kind of happened during mm-hmm. <laughs> during COVID, people working at home and working longer hours. Don't need another million. You got that gold mine. I love the way you're living because you're so genuine. You got that special. Didn't you know I need you? I need you. It is on his uh, We Are album. John also contributed to uh, Pixar's Soul. Have you seen mm-hmm. that? Um, where he wrote and performed. I, I have a hard time watching cartoons. So. Yeah, okay. But it's we'll it's animated, yeah. And his fingers are animated uh, playing the piano. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and he just recently won five Grammys, um, from including the um, album of the year for We Are, which he was in tough competition. You're going to die. It was uh, Billie Eilish, Taylor Swift, Tony Bennett, and Lady Gaga. Wow. But, you know, I love that he graciously, you know, he won. He graciously honored the other guests saying um, to the audience, uh, the, the creative arts are subjective, so be you, which I, I love that. Yes. You know, just kind of to the point and, and, and humble. As I'm writing this, I'm truly blown away by this man. He is so full of love and grace. Let's just switch gears, though. I got to talk about the love story between John, how he met Solika. They met as teenagers while in band camp. <laughs> Solika was 13 and John was 14, so I think it's pretty darn sweet. And on a recent uh, Instagram... I see a Hallmark movie. It could be. It could be. It's really... Yeah. It's pretty, pretty unbelievable. Salika shared on Instagram, over the last two decades, I've learned more about the creative process from John than any craft book or fancy degree, which uh, John also gushed that Salika inspired him and his music. He wrote, Show Me the Way... It's about them growing up together in the relationship. The couple recently exchanged vows a day before Salika was admitted to the hospital to undergo a uh, bone marrow transplant. This is so cute. Apparently, they've been talking about marriage since the first week they dated. So this is by no means a hasty decision. And John said to Salika that I just want to be very clear. I'm not proposing to you because of this diagnosis. It's because it's taken me a year to design your ring. So just know this timing has nothing to do with it. But what I want you to know is that this diagnosis doesn't change anything. It just makes it clearer to me that I want to uh, commit to this and for us to be together. And they quickly got a marriage license, and then they used bread ties as wedding Oh, my gosh. That's adorable. And, you know, and Salika said that she walked in to get this bone marrow transplant on cloud nine, brimming with love and positivity. Which probably helped with her recovery a for, ton. For sure. I mean, just whole, I mean, all I can say is holy moly. I, I just, I read that she remains strong and stays positive for, you know, full recovery. I'm just so grateful that. Cece suggested John. Me too. Uh, I really enjoyed learning about this incredible musician and human. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. What an awesome human. Or Holman. Holman. <laughs> yeah, however you want to say it. <laughs> and I just admire his desire to bring us together through music and positive lyrics during tough times. 
I love his bold approach, entertaining and encouraging through his love riots. Talk about taking it to the streets. Which I think we need to do some love riots. Uh, I, I do too. love that. It reminded me of John Lewis when we talked about mm-hmm. in episode three, that, that good kind of trouble. Mm-hmm. I, I sure would love to get swooped away in one of those me love too. riots. And I just lo- loved reading about their his, their courtship and their marriage. So thank you, Cece. <laughs> Music is a tool that brings people together. John Baptiste. I love it. Teresa, you gave me an awesome article from your favorite mag, people. <laughs> and you have a new pile to go yeah. for next I'm week. I'm so excited. <laughs> On Prince Harry. You know, in episode 28, we talked about the legacy of Lady Diana, who we are mega fans yep. of, yep. right? And I love this little notepad <laughs> that you gave me with Princess Diana. Yeah, that was pretty fun. The article talks about Prince Harry, Duke of Sussex. He recently hosted the Invictus Games, which is really dear to his heart. He founded the Adaptive Sports back competition back in 2014 for wounded veterans. It's an international sporting event for, for wounded servicemen and women. The word Invictus means unconquered, chosen as an embodiment of the fighting spirit oh. of the wounded and injured service personnel, which I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the motto is I am. Then that comes from William Ernest Henley's poem. The uh, poem is a reminder that you have the power to take control of your life. I love that. So really cool messages. Yeah. That is, is, you know, especially important when you have also have a good community around you too. So Harry talks about how he and Megan also feel embraced, too. It's like this, you know, symbiotic relationship. You know, you feel good. They support support each each other. other. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. The games have been postponed for the past two years because of COVID. And this year they were held in The Hague, Netherlands. So cool. 17 nations participated. The article highlighted a U.S. team, a blind runner, Michael Murphy, uh, who lost his sight uh, in 2018, wins with his teammate by his side, which is really cool. His teammate, Josh Connell, who stepped in just moments before the race to help him run. So, Oh, uh, yeah. So his planned teammate? No. His planned teammate, there's something happened. And this is more amazing. Connell's battling stage four thyroid cancer. Mm. And so it's just amazing how people are, you know, come together in this team spirit. Talk about a pair with true fighting spirit. The Ukrainian team, um, most of their members that had re-enlisted for their country's armed forces um, when the war started, so there weren't anybody many participating, them, yeah. but because they're filling in roles wherever they could. But talk about the courage and immeasurable love and service those people have. You know, they're true examples. Um, for sure. Harry comments how he loves seeing the athletes' kids watching proudly, you know, from the stands. Uh, He says, a true inspiration, deeply touching experience. He also knows that he can't wait to share the games with his children, Mm -hmm. Archie and Lilibeth, someday. Uh, I love how he honors the wounded veterans uh, and his heart for service. A little, little update on old brother William Duke and his wife Kate, Duchess of Cambridge, also carrying out the legacy of service to... And they're showing the support of the people of Ukraine. In March, they visited the Ukraine Cultural Center in London to hear efforts being made to support Ukrainians that um, are in the UK. They brought homemade brownies and granola bars, which I thought that was really sweet. From from Kensington Palace. I know it's kind of a simple gesture, Mm -hmm. but you think from royalty. I think it's very kind. But 
I know Lady Diana would pr- be proud of her boys. Well, and I just was reading that um, Meghan Markle made a solo trip to Texas to pay oh. her respects to the children of that horrific shooting oh. here. So, yeah, they are they're good kids, yeah. good people. Yeah, for definitely. Sure. Love recognizes no barriers. It jumps hurdles, leaps fences, penetrates walls to arrive at its destination full of hope. Maya Angelou. Thanks for listening to Tangential Inspiration. We really want to hear from you. Email us your comments or story suggestions at tangentialinspiration at gmail.com or leave a comment on our website, tangentialinspiration.com. Our website has all our podcast episodes, show notes, stories, follow-ups, and links to websites and books we talk about. Like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, and you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a great week.